escaped a mirror. That's so good. Okay, and here we go. Hey guys, not, welcome not quite to the click, episode but... 140 of CMD Towers Brews and Builds. I'm Mr. Combat Number 5, and my fellow host could, at the end of the extended weekend, still have unfulfilled desires. Big Tuck. Uh, also, a great Muse song. Uh, also, check this out. A little main beer company from uh, just outside of Portland. It's so good. Uh, this is an India Pale Ale. All right. So wait, their company's called Maine, but they're Maine located... Beer, Maine Beer Company. Like Maine, Maine and... Portland, Maine. Okay. okay. There's a Portland, Maine that has the airport that I fly into to go to my parents' house. Okay, so when so, you said Portland, I'm like, well, that's in Washington. That's not in Maine. Yeah, it's just, it's completely <laughs> iron. You know how they do it you know they do on the West Coast? It's all irony. All right, here we go. Uh, Kenobi is mm-hmm. the tits. It you like premiered, it? Uh, premiered early. It was supposed to come out at 2 a.m. Central Time today, Friday, the 27th. Um, and they ended up releasing it at 11 p.m. on Thursday, the 26th. Right. So totally happy about that. Watched the first two episodes. Probably took an uh, hour and a half, hour 40 total. Movie quality. Really? You never felt like you were watching a TV show. Very much character driven, which I've heard with a lot of the reviews. Um, and uh, how I does can it get... t- Oh, sorry, go ahead. I can tell they this isn't one of those. I think it's something that at the end we're going to want more. We're going to wish it, it was longer because I think it's only seven episodes. Um, but I think it's also at the end we're going to be like. But if they had done more, I don't know if it would have been as quality. Kind of like the Breaking Bad criticism people are like i wish we could have had more but it seems like they went on out on the absolute they top. went yeah they went out yeah, and now they have better call saul which is like yep. you know it's getting good reviews i think but isn't at that tier how yep. do you feel so there's there's three now right mandalorian the first book of boba fett the yep. sort of second even though it's like came out earlier this year right yeah and then kenobi are the three star wars big budget Live shows. action. Live yes. action. Yeah. Live so action. T- TV shows, even though the streaming, whatever you want to call them, right? How do those rank? No, with the very, very bare information, like Boba yeah. Fett season one is over, right? Sure. And then now you have this, you like you only have the on-ramp onto Kenobi. But where do where does where do you think, like knowing what you know now today, these are gonna rank up on? Hmm. Book of Boba Fett's definitely dead last. Uh hands I have, down. I, I've heard I've heard it kind of it was like a flash, right? First half of it or something was awesome, and then it kind of went... Well, the first half is actually about Boba Fett, and then the last half oh, yeah. isn't. So, right, right. hard to call a show Book of Boba Fett there. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I will say this, though. The first half of Book of Boba Fett, the reason it was phenomenal is you got a lot of insights into what happened post-Sarlacc Pit, right. um, yeah, yeah, which yeah. has always been a how the heck did he ever get out of this. So, sure. that's why that was fantastic, and they humanized the Tuscan Warriors. Um, the reason the second half I would grade it lower is just because it is less Bobo Fett and the whole gimmick I think is kind of stupid, like what they were getting to. But it was phenomenal because, you know, uh, Mandalorian comes in, uh, you get right. more Skywalker and Ahsoka. Doesn't it just kind of become like Mandalorian part 2.5? Like, yeah. yeah, right. So that's why that's a dead last. And I would probably put, and, and this is not saying it's bad, but I'd probably put season one of the Mandalorian second to last season two of Mandalorian and then Obi-Wan first or Kenobi wow. first. 
Wow. Uh, based off of the first two episodes. Sure. Based yeah. off the first two. Uh, when you watch it, you really feel the pain of Ewan McGregor. And he's a very good actor. I think he's probably the best actor they've had on mm-hmm. one of these shows, right? Rose McGowan, this- or not Rose McGowan. Um, the girl who plays the one with the two lightsabers. Oh, uh, Rosie Dawson. Yeah, she's a good actress. But Oh, yeah, she's phenomenal. Uh, this isn't a spoiler at all. Everyone knows this happens. At the end of the episode two, though, uh, Obi-Wan does learn that Anakin's alive. Like, this whole time, he thought he died on the planet. And oh. so he ends up finding out that Vader is Anakin and all of that. That is him. And right, right, right. The, the acting that he does on his face, like, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. Like, you could see the pain, the conflict. Like, he wants to cry, but he wants to scream. He wants to yell. He wants to punch something, but he wants to curl up in a ball. Like, you you just see him getting flooded with all these different ways, and he doesn't know how to you said this is when Anakin gets appears when he finds out that Anakin's still alive. He doesn't actually appear. It's just he finds out that Anakin's alive. So I'm not going to tell you how that that actually comes to a fact, but we all know he's going to find out that Anakin's Darth Vader. I mean, that's just... Yeah. yeah, I mean, and so, that's not really a spoiler. No, no. <laughs> right? like, but yeah, the end of episode two. I'm telling you, if you just l- watch Ian McGregor's face, it's great. So he's that was also awesome. talented. And the only other exciting thing that's also still Star Wars related because it, it's Star Wars Celebration Week this week. Um, oh. Jude Law is going to be in a live action Star Wars series. Get this, buddy. Uh, As a guy from Rogue One. Nope. Hundred years before Phantom Menace. Oh, at the height of the High Republic, the rumor is it's a Sith-driven series. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait, sorry. I was thinking of Paul Bettany. He was the one from Rogue One. Vision. Yeah, Jude Law is the one that he hasn't uh, been in any Star Wars anything yet, right? No, 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 no. Yeah, I know who I know who Jude Law is. Oh, all right. So, anyways, uh, that that was my exciting stuff. It's been a great Star Wars week. Um, content was awesome. I even rewatched Episode Three on Tuesday to like get in the mental get, anguish, the which is your favorite, right? Uh it's tied number one now with Rise of the Skywalker. Um, Got it. I I loved that movie. There's pieces where I don't like, but I love the movie. Nice. Very right. exciting. Yeah, and I think you had a question for me. Something about Moon Knight. Oh yeah, what were your thoughts on Moon Knight? Okay, quickly. Uh, I'll do this. Quickly. I'll do this quick because I know you guys aren't here to hear us talk about movies. Um, that was made loud and clear. Ha ha. Not t- kidding. I, but I asked for your tight five, but I want your tight two. Yeah. So uh, Moon Knight is standalone by itself, no MCU anything. I'd say the number one uh, Disney Plus Marvel show. The the best wow. one by far. Uh, production quality was great. The acting was awesome. The twists were fantastic. Uh, but I'll say in a overarching Marvel universe, I'd probably put it... It probably goes Loki, WandaVision, then Moon Knight. Mm. I'd probably... Uh, no. It's probably going to go Loki, WandaVision. I really liked Hawkeye. Um, then probably Moon Knight. You know, I haven't watched a single episode of any of these things. And I'm not going to lie to you. I feel like I haven't missed a damn thing. <laughs> well, let me tell you, 
you have. And guys, thanks for tuning in to yes. our Marvel Star Wars Disney <laughs> oh, not uh, sponsored podcast. Um, oh. And if you guys would like to help us out, you know, we would love you to join our Patreon community, patreon.com slash CMD Tower. Lots of different tiers. Uh, you get to chances to be on the cast, like our current uh, group that we selected for the collective diagnosis. You guys <laughs> should all be checking your emails to see if you got selected um, and your Patreon accounts. But patreon.com slash CMD Tower. If you're a current member, we would love a referral. So if you have someone that you're, hey, and Magic Fest are back, guys. Uh, if you guys are going to a Magic Fest, honestly, hit us up on Patreon, and we will send you some free stickers uh, for you to hand out while you're at Magic this, Fest. I mean, we've got is, piles of them. This will come out the day I'm in Richmond, Virginia. So if anyone's heading out there, give me a holler. Hey, there you go. Um, hey, I'll even do this. If uh, any of you guys find Big Tuck, beat him in a game. Oh, we will have a bounty for you to be determined. Wow. I like uh, it. But you have to call it out. Big Tuck, I'm here for the bounty. Yeah, I'm here for here the for bounty. for the BTB. <laughs> the Big Tuck, Big Tuck bounties. Uh, now, if you would like to pick up maybe some of the swag that you see Big Tuck with at Richmond, or you've seen us do on stream, cmdtower.com slash merch. Uh, plugins hopefully are working, but you know, we are going to be getting on Etsy and eBay here in the, the coming weeks. We have to do a bunch of verification stuff. So, uh, you should be able to find our merch anywhere on the interwebs, but cmdtower.com slash merch, redacted bits, moving on. And of course we do have a great new partnership with abyssproxyshop.com. Hell yeah. If you use code CMD tower, not command tower. CMD Tower. You get 10% off your order. And I do want to say, guys, we've been doing this now four months or three months. First month, it was only a couple weeks. You know, a little bit. Uh, second month, wow. You guys went above and beyond. Uh, second or the third month went even more. This wow. last month, you guys tripled the sales with our partner. So uh, I can't tell you how much that means to Tuck and myself and the rest of our channel, because that extra money really does actually help us uh, be able to start improving stuff. Like Tuck and I have already started talking about some different software stuff that we can look into. And literally this money will help pay for that. So continue to go to abyssproxyshop.com code CMD Tower. So I don't know what happened. I'm, they must have ran out of stuff. My cart is $65 now. It was 98 last time I checked it. So I guess I missed out on a bunch of stuff I wanted. Or maybe, I don't know, their IT admin was like, this asshole has had shit in his cart <laughs> for three months. We, we are emailing, We're clearing him. We are this. emailing him twice. Twice a month. Would it feel yes? Yes, it would, but I can't. I can't click. And of course, guys, if you guys can't help us out financially, just share the content you're watching or listening to because every little bit of an action from the collective does help. So Bruise and Builds is our deck tech series. Since we conquered the path to 32, the 12 themes of EDH decks, we have moved on to a classic day one Bruise and Build with a traditional episode. We describe the brewing of decks similar to how beer is brewed. So we break it down into four different categories. The first one's ramp instead of your board state. We call that grains. And grains are the foundation of every beer. They include both base malts and specialty malts. Uh... That's on a different one. Uh, we're usually in a 60 to 40 ratio. This helps with the color, the taste, and most importantly, the alcohol content of a beer. Decks, needs help. Decks always need ways to grow, stabilize, and ramp into bigger threats. And just like a grain profile, they use the mix of staples and specialty cards. How does your board interact with all of your opponents? We call that hops. And hops are what uh, give beers like this IPA. It's patented bitterness and herbal floral flavors. They grow in a variety of strands and help sing of subcategories like IPAs. My personal favorites are Chinooks. Our app choices help clear and interact with the board so your deck can ultimately do what it wants. How does your deck actually win the game? 
Close out the strategy. We call that yeast. Again, another deck that doesn't have a whole lot of these. Yeasts nope. are living microorganisms that eat the sugar from the grain and poop out alcohol and CO2. It adds alcohol content in the carbonation. Without yeast, to be drinking flat sugar water. And without yeast cards, your deck wouldn't meet the goal of actually winning the game. Then we do have a fun section where we get to put in pet card synergies that just kind of loosely fit the deck, but maybe aren't the best. We call that spice. And not every beer has them, but spices and other additives help separate the normal stock beers from specialty ones. It could be the pepper that turns a stout into a jalapeno stout, or the addition of hops that turn IPA into a double IPA. Not every deck has something that makes it pop, but if it does, is where we generally talk about it. And then to cap it off, we do have a bottle capping, which is recommendations to the deck that are under $5, under 50 bucks, and a no-budget recommendation. We just cannot talk about mana-only lands. So without further ado, let's get brewing. Collective, I apologize. Um, we have uh, put in a request for Big Tuck to be committed to the closest Silencia mental institution um, on this plane uh, because the guy has an addiction to Demir. Um, and we're here with Anna Wan's Rogues Gallery. That's not bad. I, I called it the Rogue NC deck because uh, this was a Squee McGee special, and I've been wanting to build this since the day it got printed, but he called dibs on it right before I did. Uh, this is the last one I have. This is the last Demir deck I have for now. There's nothing really Until you build another eye. one. Well, I'm gonna, the next one I'm building is a Rakdos deck, but that's a different story. <laughs> uh, but anyways, yeah, we are talking today my Anawan Rune Thief build. So for those who don't know, uh, Anawan Rune Thief is a legendary creature, Vampire Rogue. That's a 2-4 for two colorless and Demir. Those sweet, sweet blue and black pips. Uh, he is a mythic. I think he's 80 cents. Sure. So other rogues you control get plus one, plus one. And then whenever one or more rogues you control deal combat damage to a player, that player mills a card for each one damage dealt to them. If the player mills at least one creature card this way, you draw a card. So pretty much um, it, I keep I always forget with these players thing. Right. So effectively, you could draw three cards off of this a turn. Yes. If you get lucky because it's each player. Right. Yeah. So uh, this is kind of this is reminds me a lot of like my ninjas deck without the ninjutsu. Right. OK. It's a lot of low, small creatures that happen to be rogues that have really good mm -hmm. evasion. We're getting in there. We're mixing it up. Um, it's it's been a really fun card to play. I, I kind of get struggled with it because I don't want to play too much into the mill aspects of it. But I do think it's like I like it more as just like combat. It's it's an efficiency engine, right? We're getting in, we're dealing damage, we're we're taking stuff off the top of your library. You're gonna lose it, right? Uh, and then hopefully there's gonna be some payoffs later in the game that'll help me abuse your graveyard. So I, as we've discussed, I don't run piles of those because we all know that we've had the <laughs> sepulchral primordial stinker out yep. there. So I don't run them all, but I think that's kind of where I'm going with it. But mostly it's just bashing face, right? Like you have some control pieces, but it's usually a lot of little boys going in for damage. That would actually be a really funny, like subtype to the game. Like on the surface, it's this rogue mill deck, but actually underneath it's a blink primordial deck with just uh, <laughs> Sepulchrum <laughs> and uh, Deluvian. And you're just constantly blinking them to like I, take everyone's stuff. I think they put both of them in the pre-con. I think I cut them both because they're not Good. rogues. No, they're not. It's uh, silly. So, so you, you have seen this deck and talked about this deck plenty of times in the past with, uh, with former member of the crew, Squee McGee. And this is it's Memorial Day weekend. So, you know, I was going to like pour one out for him. But here we are. <laughs> so what I know this isn't probably your style of deck. What do you think about Anawan as a whole? Uh, so I'll say this, though. This is your style of deck because yes. I think you, you like decks that want to live in the red zone 
But right. then if there's something else happening, like, hey, more the merrier. Like, I wanted to attack right. anyways. Um, the issue, though, is that it's anti your strategy because usually you're like, I just want to come in for a taste. Well, I don't right. want to mill cards and give you a yes, taste. Yes, exactly. Yeah, right, right, right. So uh, um, it, it's weird how it's your deck and not your deck. Uh, but yes, I have played against it plenty of times. You built it completely different than Squee. Honestly, Squee just built it as a rogue mill deck with mm -hmm. all the mill payoffs. So right, right, right. your deck, I don't really know. I, I guess I would say this. If you handed me this deck to play it, I would not be excited. Because it just seems like I'm just attacking and that's right. it. And I have to connect to attack to actually have Anawan do a payoff. And then on top of that, I need to have as many rogues as possible going and hitting as many people. So stuff's going to be dying. And I'm usually someone that doesn't want to just throw a body in front of something and knowing right. that it's going to, you know, die. So I don't know how I feel about Anawan. I know that I've lost to it, you know, multiple times, but it's never been off of rogues. It's always been kicker, mill half your library. Sure. And this other card's out and you die, which you do have that card in here too. So. That's where I just feel like this is a, a Mirko Voss mill deck. Yeah, just, I, you're doing it with rogues instead. I will say this to that point. I do like this because I feel this deck is a lot more resilient than most of my tribal that I play, right? Like because the creatures are so small, like sure. it, it kind of can recover a lot faster from a board wipe. Plus you have some blue stuff to go with. But yeah, for me, I, it's just a fun deck, right? Like not every deck sure. for me has to be one that requires a bunch of thought. Sometimes I just want to play, you know, blue green or sorry, blue red. And just smash face. But uh, the, the last, and then we can get into this, but the last thing I'll say, don't you get frustrated with decks that are so simple that you're like, I wish I could actually have something to engage with at the table, but all I can do is creature pass. Like, doesn't that get frustrating and boring? Sometimes. And that's why I do like, but it, it's like the opposite end of the coin. Like I played my mediocre super friends, right? And I was like, okay, guys, I'm going to my planeswalker phase. And I literally, last time we played that, I played that mediocre Super Friends. And then after that, I was like, I'm done. I just played this one. And it was, it's, it was more Weird. fun. In, it was more fun after that thing. Okay. But yeah, so if I'm playing, usually when I bring when I bring decks, I try to only bring one deck like this, right? Where it's mm -hmm. like, we're just living in the red zone. After a couple beers, I'm tired. I just want to play. Sure. That's fair. All right. Well, let's get into the grain section. Tuck. Uh, 27 options in here. Oh, and I guess we should probably, before we go any further, uh, it's 58% competitive. I would rate this a five out of 10. Um, probably. Yeah. You know, that sounds about right. Um, a three, two, four CMC, not terrible. Normal. Not terrible. Sure. Uh, what, what's this bad boy cost to buy? Three to 400, which is probably about right. But I, I have put no money into this. This is just stuff I had lying around that I just shuffled in here. So a lot of the higher end cards, in here are things that is had lying around. Um, and lastly, mana's not that bad for having a kind of down the down the pipe. Yeah. Uh, cards. I don't have any dual lands. I don't even think I have a fetch in here. So that ended up working. 11 islands, 11 swamps. There you go. There you go. Um, yeah, so I see your deck slighted a little bit more to the blue. <laughs> have you ever run out of islands before and thought about, you know, making it a little bit more island and less swamp? No, but I only have 33 actual lands in the deck, 34 if you count uh, MFDC. So that has been a problem in the past. <laughs> so you really need to be aggressive with your mulligating. Well, Tuck, start with that grain. What's your first card? It finally happened. It's been it's been usurped. My boy, my two drop token generator. There's finally a deck where it's not near as good as the other one. 
And that's why uh, that's why there's only one copy of this card in my collection, and that card is not oh March of the Dread Horde. It is, in fact, Bitter Blossom. I would say maybe the best card in the deck in the early game, at least, as opposed to Dreadhorn Invasion in here, which would be terrible. So a Colas and a Black for a Tribal Enchantment Fairy. Uh, it's around forty to fifty dollars at the beginning of your upkeep. You lose a life and create a one-one Black Fairy Rogue Creature token with flying. Slam dunk. You've always asked me, why don't you have Bitter Blossom? Is it Bitter Blossom just better? Bitter Blossom, Bitter Blossom, Bitter Blossom. This is why, because I already have it in this deck. I only have one. Hey, Tuck, I think you could probably add a playtest version to your abyssproxyshop.com yeah, card actually, with code CMD Tower. I think I'm actually going to go do that right now if there's not already one in there. But that's, so, yeah. I, it's straightforward, straight down, fastball right down the middle, but I just want to bring it up because Dreadhorn Invasion's my boy. Yeah, I mean, this is. I think you would you argue if you're gonna build an Anawan Rogue deck and you actually want it, you're not just doing it for fun. Do you have to buy Bitter Blossom? I think it's pretty close, right? Like the only thing that the only reason why this card, the it's a Frexian Arena argument, right? Of like, well, if you draw it later in the game, you yeah. know, you don't get the value out of it, which is fine. But this game, the the. For for a CMC that's this low and creatures that are this small, this is a game that you kind of want to get into the mid-range with, right? Like, you get yeah. your small guys out, then you start getting into the mill strategy, start drawing into your bigger heavy hitters and the way you can close things out. So, I think you probably need to have it in there. I think this deck I think this deck capitalizes on, on more than, like, a Prosh or a Sakaar or whatever, just generic token generator, because they do matter for the theme of the deck. 2-2 two, two Flyer with Anawan is way better by the time you get them out. Okay. Well, my first green card is a card that I've known about, I've hear about it, but I always forget about what it does. And reading it and seeing that it's only a quarter to go buy it from Card Kingdom, I might buy a bunch of them. Sometimes it's good when you have something at the end step. If an opponent lost life, you get an action. Oh, sure. But it's usually at the end of your turn. Well, what if it was each end step? And that's where Sig oh. River Cutthroat is phenomenal yeah uh this is hybrid demir hybrid demir so you can pay any combination of blue and black as long as you got two uh it's a legendary creature merfolk rogue it's a one three for a quarter at the beginning of each end step if an opponent lost three or more life this turn you may draw a card it's a may effect so someone can't force you sure people i mean i'm a perfect example of it i lose three life on my own on my right, turn yeah, without yeah, exactly. opponents even doing it uh and i love how it's just if an opponent so it doesn't have to be that player's you know whoever's turn it is if they lost three or more life this turn you may draw a right. card there's no condition with that like this thing's an all-star in this deck right oh yeah absolutely have you ever did you were you on that one stream where this person played this like demir spell slinger for us, I can't remember who it was. I think it was Create Commander, and he had this. He drew three cards every turn, just yeah. from like, just like, oh, I'm coming in for a taste. Well, now I'm gonna make it a little bit bigger, right? Like, yeah, I'm bumping someone with my commander. Yeah, I think it's really strong. Um, I, if you're playing an aggressive meta, yeah, I think this is a really exciting card. Um, if you're playing a little bit slower meta, it's maybe not as good. But the fact it's a rogue on top of all that is just like the cherry on the top. Hot question. I just want a yes or a no. You obviously have to be in Demir for this to work. Do you run this over Phyrexian Arena? Yes. All right. I Talk, think I what's your second green card? <laughs> so this is one that just got a reprint, a much needed reprint, because this is another, it's, we've talked before about like the package of cards you need in a tribal deck, yep. right? And this is, this one will really make you discover that your wallet is $20 cheaper because Kindred Discovery oh. is 
completely bonkers. So three colorless, double blue for an enchantment. It's about 11 to 20 bucks. It's going to be less than that coming up here after Baldur's Gate comes out. As it enters the battlefield, choose a creature type. Rogues. When a creature you control of the chosen types enters the battlefield or attacks, draw a card. No limitation on non-token tr- creature. Not once per turn. So you, it, for five mana and you play one creature that gets a swing, you get two cards back immediately, right? So if you're doing the one for one, you're already almost halfway there in the value. I just hate the fact that this card is so expensive because it only got printed once in the Ur-Dragon set, which all these cards are. So again, it's like, oh God, I'd spend another 20 bucks just to get this tribal strategy going. No longer. This card's going to go down in price and now we can start slamming it in anything in blue and tribes. Yeah, you know, this is, I, I get it. For Tribal, it's amazing. I'm yeah. not as hot on it as everyone else is, just because it is five mana. Five it, mana, it's a, yeah. it's a lot. And, you you know, you ha- I almost feel like you have to have the big token creation when you play this, so you at least get three or four cards that turn. But if you already have it in your collection, it's a great card. Um, I could see this, though, being a card you may be cut for a land. I yeah okay all right yeah okay five mana take that out now we got a land I think you probably have enough card draw in here right uh, or at least a card advantage disadvantage either way so right right this right. even though it's beautiful in the deck I think this is one of those that this, could get cut just to lower your CMC this could be 105, 101, 102, that's that sort of thing right? yeah yeah I agree I agree all right uh, well my next one is another. Auto-include when you're doing a tribal deck. Uh, This is specific to goblins and rogues. Uh, But you do need mana reduced. Most ridiculous name of all time. Frog Tosser (laughs) Banneret. Uh, 1-1. It's a goblin rogue. It has haste. And goblin spells and rogue spells you cast cost one less to cast. Very easy. But when you're in Demir or colors that do not ramp, as much as you can reduce the cost of your creatures, the better. Absolutely. And, and playing this turn two into a turn three Anawan, because really Anawan is what makes this deck stand out, right? Yep. Sure. Okay. I'm coming in for two damage, unblockable. I got gotcha, you, right? Yeah. But then when you start milling the cards, start drawing the cards off of it, I think this is a card that's really going to make your commander sing, especially as it gets killed over and over again. For sure. Duck, final grain card. Okay. Did you disappoint me? Did you disappoint me? I don't know. Th- th- there's one on here that is just Big Tuck bait. Every time you have it in your deck, you always talk about this mechanic. Oh, no, 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 no. I know what you're talking about. That is a good one. Um, but I'm talking about a card that is a piece of magic history that I believe Squee McGee, speaking of which, was the person who brought this to light. Because just like that Muse song and just like me and my friend groups, I have unfulfilled desires. So hear me out. Colorless Demir. Enchantment. One, pay one life, draw a card, choose to discard a card, right? Mm-hmm. $11. It's been going up, 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 baby. I got on this early, and this is another deck of slam this in. Here's my thing. Sure, you have to discard a card. Fine, right? I'm not playing a whole ton of my own graveyard interaction. Fine. The reason why I like this is because you can do it over and over and over again. For example, the last time I played this deck, I was stuck. I had nothing. I had a handful of lands. I just, I did nothing to do, right? I just need to get it out here. So being able to spend a turn to dump four into this at my opponent's end step, been all this crap I don't need and at least redraw for life doesn't really matter. Uh, I also have started, I also have started identifying my play style as kamikaze 
<laughs> the fact that I really don't care about my life total. <laughs> I've noticed that in, like all the decks I played last night. It's like, yeah, sure, whatever. Is it one? Don't care. So that's why I like this card quite a bit. It does suck that it's not automatic, but I do like the fact that you can just trigger it over and over again. Do you like this more than Necropotence, considering that you don't <laughs> even need the colorless mana? Man, it's so hard. Like, I, I've struggled with that same thing, and they're effective. They're, I think Necropotence is a little bit more expensive. Um, I don't know, man. I the exile doesn't wouldn't really matter either. I guess I do. I hmm, okay. I like I like this better than here because it gives you the chance to at least be reactive, right? Sure. So if I'm like I'm in that game, I was like digging for an answer, right? Like ah. I was trying to find a counter spell or a bounce or something, right? Um, and that's why I like it better than here. I, what do you think? So you probably like Necropotent's better. I'm guessing, right? Well, I like Necropotence because I don't need mana to do it. Mm -hmm. um, the the negative of Necropotence is always the negative of Necropotence. You can only get them during your end step. Right. And then right, you're right. immediately in cleanup. So I guess it depends on what your deck is lacking. If you have this in your deck for answers, then I guess you always make sure you have the mana up. But if you just have this in your deck for card advantage, Necropotence mm. is just 10 times better. 10 times yeah. better. Yeah, yeah. Because you do not need any mana to do yeah, it. Yeah, you, you don't have to time lock yourself to draw four cards or whatever, right? Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, my last one, I went there. Court of Cunning. Uh, oh, I, yes. I, I, it's, it's great in an Anawan deck. So that, that's why I'm talking about it. I'm not talking Anawan. about it because you love Monarch. Woo! So Court of Cunning. That's great. Colorless, blue, blue, rare, dollar. It's an enchantment. When it ETBs, you become the Monarch. Beginning of your upkeep, any number of target players each mill two cards. I like that because you can choose yourself. If you've been maybe in a... Oh, I just keep drawing lands, target yep. yourself. Hey, we'll move just it along. Get, yep. move it along. But if you're the monarch instead, each of those players mills 10 cards instead. It's I don't so know good. if you'd want to target yourself with that, but uh, I like this because it's going to do multiple things. One, it introduces your favorite mechanic, but that's also a card draw, um, which if I'm telling you to cut Kindred Discovery, we want to have more card draw options. Number two, People are going to mill no matter what. And that's what I love about these Court of Cards is you don't have to be the Monarch to even get the effect to happen. Like, right. could you imagine how much worse these would be if at the beginning of your upkeep, if you're the Monarch, you do this, but that's all it does. You have yep. to be the Monarch to make it happen. It'd be 10 times worse. So I like it's milling no matter what, even if it is just two cards, that is two cards, or sorry, that's six cards a rotation. That's still very good. We talk about Alter of the Brood and it having value at six sure. cards a rotation. But then the last thing, this deck is a weird, like I talked about, live in the red zone mill deck. The mill is really inconsequential. So Correct. people are going to take the Monarch from you because they don't want to mill 10. Well, you're going to be swinging at people no matter what. I'm going to so, take it right back. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I'm just going to take it back and then I'll have it for my upkeep and you're still going to mill 10. And now I just lowered your life total and made you mill even more off my rogue triggers. So I think this is I think this is a sneaky card on a lot of different levels. I guess I'm curious though, why do you have this as a grain card? This seems more of like a hop card. I think yeah. for me it's more of the card draw, right? Like um, I'm going to, like a lot of times when you play the monarch, you're like, okay, if I get one thing out of this, it's going to be good because I have all these low to the ground evasion creatures. I'm going to get it back. Mm. So that's for me. But the real reason why is, and the reason why uh, unfulfilled desires is going to be an ace in this deck is because of one cut that we'll get to later. Ooh, Ooh. well, that'll wrap Believe up the it. grain section, guys. 
Now let's head over to the hot profile. Uh, I'm going to start this off with the boring one. It's a stupid good card. It's seven bucks from Modern Horizons 2. Black, black. The Thoy Voidwalker. Oh, yeah. This card's so stupid. So stupid. Creature Dothroy or Dothy Rogue should be a legendary. Yeah. Uh, Shadow. If a card, I don't know. I guess it would it be too strong as a legendary because you could sack it and go to the command zone and, and then yeah. you recast it. Ooh, oh, that's nasty. Okay. Oh god, uh, shadow. Uh, so the creature can block or only be blocked by creatures other also with shadow. So essentially, he's unblockable and is yep. never blocking anything. If a card would be put into an opponent's graveyard from anywhere, instead exile it with a void counter on it. Tap, sacrifice this creature. Choose an exiled card an opponent owns with a void counter on it. You may play it this turn without paying its mana cost. It's a 3-2. So I like this card because Dothy doesn't actually have to do any damage at all. Correct. Uh, it just needs to sit there and witness. So, of course, you're going to swing if you have Anawan out. But you might even choose not to ever swing. Like, I don't want to get Aetherized or some combat sure. trick that only deals with attacking creatures. I just keep Dothy here. Hey, all the other rogues exile everything from as they mill oh that's an expropriate yeah i'll sack daffy Voidwalker to go ahead and take that i no, i love it uh last night we, we got some games in with me and the local crew and someone was playing their demir deck and they had a card that said when an opponent effectively it says an opponent cannot attack you unless they exile a card from their graveyard yep i have that yeah so then that was turn whatever next turn Dothy Voidwalker, uh-oh, <laughs> problems, big problems. I So how many, this is a card that I feel like is, you can almost kind of put it into any deck, right? A little bit? Sure. So I guess like how, what's, what's your barometer on what deck you would or would not put this in? Well, I think the first thing you do is you look at your play group. Are you in a heavy graveyard play group? If so, you might just put it in there like see people put rest in peace in a white deck. Sure, absolutely. Um, now, if we remove from there and then we're at the commander level, I think Dothy, I think it's good enough if you have a heavy graveyard meta. But if you don't, if you have some semblance of recursion, I still think it's ah, powerful to sure, do that. Yeah. Because it does say put into the graveyard from anywhere. So as they cast their instants and sorceries, sure. they are just going to get exiled. And the you don't have to people sometimes think about this stuff and it's like, well, am I board wiping? Like, how am I doing that? Like, how yeah, am I? Right. And it's like, you don't have to like, oh, going to put it. me behind. Yeah. Yeah. Like, just as people play shit and it goes to the graveyard, it's just going to get exiled. And that's essentially every spell your opponent plays is a spell that's now in your hand. Right. And I think the I think this is another stupid thing that they did is like, it's not this instance. Right. So if you have a recursion package. You could just be like, oh, I'm just playing your guys' deck now, right? Yep. Like, I'm just going to keep sacrificing this, bringing it back, yep. keep playing everything out of that. So uh, I think it's a dumb card, but it's a rogue. So here you go. <laughs> it's the perfect deck for it. Well, Tuck, why don't you give us your first hoppy card? So back in the day, if I remember correctly, this is when DC was doing their Titans thing. If I remember okay. correctly. Okay. I like they were trying to make all these shows off of off-colored... Yeah, I mean, they still have Titans. Correct, but they, they were making like a bunch of them, right? At one. Oh, sure. And this one was, I believe, a male and a female who's had indiscernible powers that were never very well explained. I'm testing your knowledge here, Mr. Combo. This is a deep uh, one. Cloak and Dagger? Nailed it! Yeah! 
I never watched it, but I do remember seeing remember, it being like, that looks they were bad. Pushing, they were pushing it so hard, too, like on YouTube, yeah. on Facebook, everything else. Uh, this card, I have not yet got to cast, and it makes me so upset. But Cloak and Dagger is two colorless for uh, tribal artifact rogue equipment. Shadowmore stuff. <laughs> makes sense to me. Uh, equipped creature gets plus two, plus zero, and has Shroud. And then more importantly, whenever a rogue creature comes into play, you may attach Cloak and Dagger to it. and has equipped three. So I cut Lightning Greaves, I think, for this, just to make okay. it cuter. Yeah. That's the reason why it's in there. It's pretty much hopefully just going to be sla- slapped onto my commander. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just being able to do that over and over again. Uh, I don't think there's an, I don't think there's a creature in the deck that it won't be equipped to if I when I play it. So for me, it's just kind of cute. The plus two plus zero is just kind of like a cherry on top, I guess. It turns your one one unblockables into a three one, which is slightly better, more damage output from Anawan. But I feel like if you're gonna if I'm committing to the rogue thing, I gotta commit all the way. Uh, I mean, I don't know if I agree with that, but oh, I do oh, agree oh, Cloak oh. and Dagger is great for the deck because it is Lightning Greaves at instant speed, essentially. Yeah, right. So even if you, like, if someone blinked the board, oh, comes sure. back in, and now it auto-attaches, because, like, that's a way to, like, hey, let's blink everything, get the Lightning Greaves off, then we can deal with this problematic creature. Right, You will right, never right. be able to do that with Cloak and Dagger, at least at sorcery speed. Correct. So... Um, I, I like it at, you know, two bucks. If I was building a road deck, would I pay $2 for this? Probably not. Um, but if you have it around, why not? Yeah. I think I trade, I think I was like, I, someone owed me a couple bucks from a trade or something. So I was like, I'll just take that. I gotcha. Or I'll buy you a beer, whatever. Well, we're continuing with the tribal piece and this is a tribal sorcery rogue that is oh, God, great. <laughs> it's so good. It's like bribery, but on crack because it's instant and sorceries. Knowledge exploitation. So glad I bought one of these way back in the day. Twelve seventy five. Wow. Uh, so this card costs seven. It's five blue blue, but really it costs its prowl cost. Yeah, prowl is going to be three colorless blue. You may play this for its prowl cost if you dealt combat damage to a player this turn with a rogue, which Tuck's entire deck is. Search target opponent's library for an instant or sorcery card. You may play that card without paying its mana cost. Then that player shuffles his or her library. Blow Um, (laughs) Hey, and and the crazy thing is it doesn't even have to be the player that you had dealt the damage to. Oh my God. I didn't think about that. It's target opponent. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like, oh, okay. Let me get through really easy over here on the planeswalker player because he has no creatures. Right. And, um, hey, Mr. Combo, you're playing Jota, right? Yeah. Give me your deck. Yeah. I'll just take a swap rate. Like, we're not even joking around. (laughs) Like, it's so disgusting. No, you wouldn't in my deck. I think you would end up taking the one that you get to tutor up three monocolored cards with different names, and you get to cast two of them for free, and one uh, an opponent shuffles back into your library. Oh no, no way! No really? way! Because then you I'm go, you expropriate go, extra turns, extra mill. I don't know, man. Get the three best instance or three best monocolored cards out of your right. deck, and you get to play two of them for free. But the pro- the problem is, wait, is it monocolored cards or permanents? Cards. Because that's why you can play. I So that's why in that deck, I go grab Expropriate, the two extra turn Om- spell. Omniscience and want something else, right? Yeah. And then it's like, well, what do you want? <laughs> no, I. Well, here's the problem. I'm, I'm fairly confident there's not a card in here that I would like to play more than Expropriate. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, this card is yeah. disgusting. Um, I absolutely love it. Um, I would never pay seven for this, but four? No. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, all, all day, baby. All right, Tuck. Next hop. 
All right. What do I like? What's the tribe in blue that I like even more than rogues? Hominids are Boros, I think. Homerid, no, Homerid, Homerids are blue. That's close. That's a oh, good one. Okay. That's a good guess. Kifkins? No. The, what's the, what's my what's my first blue deck I ever built that I like that I still have to this day? I mean, I know of the mono blue legend in here. I just didn't think you you have a Thada Adel deck. No, 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 no. I have a Sphinx deck. Oh, which is why, which is, which is why Enigma Thief is so good, and I need to get another copy for it. Five colorless and double blue for a five-five flyer. It's a Sphinx Rogue. That's a rare. Uh, it also has a prowl cost, three colorless and a blue. You may cast a spell for its prowl cost if you dealt damage to a player this turn with a Sphinx or Rogue. They they blew it up. They added another thing to it, and it enters the battlefield for each opponent return target return up to target one non land permanent that player controls back to its owner's hand. What a blowout! A three for a three for one. That's also a five five flying rogue. This card's incredible. Biggest miss. Why the hell didn't they make it flash speed? Oh, like it's it's so stupid. Because you, this card only can be used on your turn at sorcery speed. Yeah, it is so silly. That, that is that is silly. Because seven <laughs> mana, it should be flying flash. This it's like for if se- I want to yeah. pay. If it's because you basically would say on my turn I get it for four and I have to deal damage, or if I do it on an opponent's turn, I just pay the full cost in seven. Right, because because <laughs> I can't deal the combat damage to a player right, with right, the right. Sphinx and a rogue. So big flavor miss. I agree with that, but it's still bonkers, and it's going to be coming to a Sphinx deck near you. I just thought it was like 15 bucks. That's all I got. <laughs> 15 cents, but that's all right. Exactly. Put it, put right. it in the Abyss of Proxy Shop cart. Well, uh, I just, you know, I wanted to talk about cards that just make playing uh, VEDH terrible. So, you know, we were oh, over there <laughs> with uh, good... Which one? <laughs> is it my Which boy? One? I think uh, this is... It's got to be the boy, right? So we started with knowledge exploitation, and now we're taking all your artifacts, um, and we're doing that oh, with Gata Adele Inquisitor. Yes, yes. Um, yes. Colorless blue blue legendary creature Merfolk Rogue. It's a two two with Island Walk. Um, I would highly recommend. It's not in my cuts and ads. Should probably put the uh, Storm. Oh, uh, Stormtide Leviathan in here. Oh yeah, that'd make be everything really good. islands. That'd, that'd be really good. That'd be a really good closer. Yeah, it's like flying an island walk is all that can attack. Yep. Um, so anyways, whenever Thought of Adele Inquisitor deals combat damage to a player, search that player's library for an artifact card and exile it. Then that player shuffles his or her library. Until end of turn, you may play that card. I love this in the Walkers. hop section because I have actually used Thought of Adele more to uh, remove the critical pieces that people need from their Dark deck. Dark Forge, Panharmonicon, yep. that sort of stuff, right? Yep. Yeah, Helm of the Host. I, oh, sure. I have only ever used it for ramp when it was like I had to make a deal with someone, like they wanted to kill it because they were worried that I was going to take their good stuff, and it's like, hey, if you leave it alone, I'll only target your mana rocks or only right. your equipment, stuff like that. Um, but I, I don't know, Tuck, have you ever played Thought of Adele and you're actually going and grabbing soul rings to play soul ring or are you doing it to exile their gross artifacts? I, I don't play in a very heavy artifact meta right now. I think I'm the only one that plays those kind of decks. So it, it really depends. Right. But in this deck, 
there's not like the grains that we have. If you look at them are mostly creatures, right? Just to get into damage. Cause you kind of have to get that thing going. So for yeah. me, grabbing another soul ring to catapult me through with 34 lands and no way to go get the lands, Sometimes it's good enough, but yeah, it, it just really depends. I thought, I thought you're going to go with the Gaunti, uh, the Gaunti no. package, which also Gaunti is maybe my most talked about creature, right? Oh yeah. Hands it down. has to be right. Hands like with no question. Well, it's either that or you kind of are up there on the Brash Tainter. Uh, I do. I do. I, I read him a lot. I think Bra- I think the Brash Tainter is the one I've recommended the most <laughs> in cuts and ads. But yeah, I I, I do really like that Adele. Um, I think that there's an argument that she makes a really interesting commander in her own right. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's I don't I don't want to do that. So yeah, I I, cool. I if I'm playing against an artifact player, I'm immediately going looking for Microsoft Lattice. Dark Steel Forge, yep. whatever, like uh, the Neverall's disc, that sort of stuff, and like, no, I don't even, I don't want hey. this. I don't want this on the battlefield, right? And don't forget, it does say play, so True. Uh, you can't go oh, grab artifact, artifact lands. Land? Oh, yeah. I like it. Those I like are a lot, lot more rampant, and I bet you that's actually something your playgroup probably has because it came up with all those cheap ones that came yes. in tapped. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, give us your last hop card. People talk shit about this being the one of the worst swords of X and Y. When I last played this deck, this this card in and of itself literally kept me alive. It's great. It's the only way. That's only way it, it is great, right? Why do people not like this? Sort of body and mind. Three colorless for an artifact equipment. These should be legendary. But that's a conversation for a different time. It's a mythic rare. Fifteen dollars. It's on the spectrum of the most affordable one, right? In in relationship, uh, a quick creature gets plus two plus two and has protection from green and from blue. Green has big creatures. Blue has removal. Done. Whatever equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, you create a 2-2 green wolf creature token, and that player mills 10 cards. I am dead-ass serious. This is the this card kept me alive because someone had... I only had one creature almost the entire game, and then I drew this, and I was like, okay, I got two creatures. I can at least block. Like, I can attack yeah. and block every single turn. I don't... What is the hate with this card, right? Like, is it but, just because milling 10 isn't as good as, like, untapping all your lands? Well, it is only milling... "Quote unquote, ten percent of their starting library." Now, sure, my argument know. when people say that is like, "Are you doing this on turn one, or are you doing this oh. on turn eight or nine? And they've yeah. already dr- drawn 15, 20 cards, and it's actually milling twenty percent of their library. Right, right, right. Uh, so I hate that argument, but here's here's my thought on why people aren't as hot on it. Um, green and blue are not the color combinations most people are scared of. It's typically is it so the protection from blue and red. Sure. Uh, it's usually a sword of uh, light and shadow. The black and white you for from removal. Black and yeah. white. Yep. Yeah. And uh, um, I would, uh, yeah, I'd probably say like th- from a protection standpoint. And uh, you might have seen this in our group chat today. I feel like unless a card is just busted or can be abused, people are just aren't here for it. Like, mm. and, and like, cause you might've noticed, uh, I was talking with uh, the group a little bit about that new mana rock three colorless hats for any color. But then when you yeah, tap yeah, yeah. it, you roll a D 20 and it's like, Oh, well, like if you need a, a, a mana rock, the tap for any color, this is awesome. You get a great value that may or may not right. happen later. Who really knows? And it was like, well, I wouldn't run it unless you had ways to like untap it, do it again. It's going to sure. take this long on average. And it's like, I, I'm sorry. I, I didn't know we only put cards in our decks because it has this like top one percent echelon. They're, they're easily bustable. Yeah, and there that's is the a, issue with this card. Yeah, for sure. Did you? There is a new mana rock that I am really excited about. It's three colorless, tap for any mana, but you have no maximum hand size. Oh, that's pretty cool. Thought vessel, like yeah. round two. Yeah, if you need, if you need the card. So, anyways, 
Sword Body of Mind is underrated in my opinion, and it's been it was in the Mirko Voss. I took it out and put it into here. Then I retired Mirko Voss, so gotta love it. All right. Well, guys, that wraps up the hop section. Tuck kind of alluded to it, but how the hell is Anawan gonna win a game in the yeast? So I got I got one that you're gonna hate. I got one that you're gonna you're, you're, I'm guessing you're gonna cut it. And then I have two that are awesome. So I'm okay. gonna get the one out of the way. We talked about how I don't love playing other people's graveyards, but because I am milling them a lot, there could be a time where I could cast a three-drop sorcery and potentially come out of it on top. I can yeah, I, I can already tell you're upset, but I feel mnemonic betrayal is very, very interesting in here. So colorless, a blue and a black for a sorcery. So not good. Mythic rare, two two point six five. It's reverse Yogmoth's will. People love that card. Exile, <laughs> exile all <laughs> Are you cutting this? Be honest. No, because yeah, I, honestly, I didn't read the card. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> Exile all cards from all opponents' graveyards. You may cast those cards this turn. You may spend mana, though, as mana of any type to cast those. Uh, at the beginning of the next end step, if one of those cards, if any of those cards remain exiled, return them to their owner's graveyard. Exile Monarch Betrayal. I was so, I'm so hot on this. I bought four copies, and I have three of them sitting in binders. <laughs> so here's the thing. This is not something you're doing on curve. This is something that's a Hail Mary, right? Like sure. we've been board wiped six times. I have 10, 15 mana out, and there's some cards I'm gonna be able to get back into this game and reestablish myself. That's it. Please continue. Uh m- multiple things. Uh this belongs in the spice because I, it, almost, they, it almost it almost went there. It almost went there. Because all of their cards go back to their graveyards. The reason I quit reading the card, A, it was a block of text, <laughs> and I already had my yeast package picked. But I also I saw it saw it exile all cards from all opponents' graveyards. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, because that was something I felt like you were missing in this deck is yeah. being able to get rid of those. And so this did it. But the fact that they go back, oh, that's awful. The <clears throat> only way this card is good is in the nut scenario it's the magical yeah. christmas land i do a board wipe scenario, yeah, there's a shieldred sure. there and i still have seven mana to cast it because you don't even get to cast it for free which is also stupid that's too um, good cast any card if it said okay okay you may cast the- one of those cards without paying their mana this, cost this is, this is the fair version of this card right three uh two color no three colorless blue black or some variety all that right a five drop Exile all opponents' graveyards. For each opponent, you may be you may cast one card in that graveyard without paying its mana cost, or something like that. I mean, five would be too cheap to allow. That's too that. cheap, right? That's like you would six have to, or- it, would, it would just be you can cast one, mm-hmm. and you still need to have the exile clause on there. Because right, right. think about it. Essentially, what you just described is Sepulchrum Primordial or Diluvian oh, Primordial. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> and those cost seven. Fair so, enough. Yeah. So it's like, and those are just creatures or instant sorcery. So it's like to be able to have the option either to or. To do whatever like you nine want. Nine or now. ten. Yeah. Yeah, that's bank. That's blockers. All right. Well, I am going to go with the boring one first. It's the queen. Because you have to have her. Oh, she's she so good. Was, she was usurped by Anawan as the uh, number one rogue mill commander. Una, yeah. queen of the fae. So good. Three colorless, Demir, 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 legendary creature, fairy wizard. It's a 5-5 five, five for 50 cents, and it has flying. You can pay X and Demir. Choose a color. Target opponent exiles the top X of their library for each card of the chosen color exiled this way. Create a 1-1 one, one blue, black, fairy, rogue creature token with flying instant speed yep 
Um, I would absolutely put Painter Servant in here as like a funny oh. haha. That would be hilarious. That they just mill their library. Um, or mill and you get as many of those guys as you want. So this does a lot of things. The reason I like it in the yeast, though, is you are trying to mill. And yeah. this does get you a type of mill by exiling. And you do get a payoff with a little army. Because right, the way right. you're going to win in a deck like Anawan is I reduce the amount of answers my opponents have access to. And I'm yes. constantly going in for a taste. Whether it's 1-1-1 or 8-1-1. Exactly. I'm constantly yeah. doing that damage. So you need to be able to live mid to late game. And Una can really make people start to consider... Do I draw 10? Because if I do, I could get milled out for yep. how much mana does he have available? And then how many cards do I have left? People really start to have to like do the mental Jenga of what's the right choice. Still good if it's just fairies, not fairy rogues. We cut the rogue part out of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The fact that so? she okay. is not a rogue. And uh, there you go. It's your first one. Not a rogue. Oh, that's right. No, I'm saying I was I was saying the fact that if it just created one 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 black flying fairies, not fairy rogues, uh, this would be a hundred and one hundred and two card. Yeah, and this I, would be right there, last to be would, chopped or added. I would put it into hops if that was the case as well, right? The fact yes. that the rogues is going to play into the rest of it, right? Yep. Yeah, that's all I got. Okay. Well, <laughs> what's your east card? All right. We all know I like alternate win cons. And the fact that uh -huh. this thing can tap for a mana in and of its own is so dumb. Strixhaven Stadium, baby! My my second favorite new three drop compared to the Celestius because fuck you, we're playing day or night. A three colorless for an artifact. It's a rare from Strixhavens. Tap it for a colorless. Put a point counter on Strixhaven Stadium. Whenever a creature deals combat damage to you, remove a point counter from Strixhaven Stadium. Whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to an opponent, put a point counter on Strixhaven Stadium. Then, if it has ten or more point counters on it, remove all the, remove them all, and that player loses the game. Let's go, baby! Threat number one at the table. Question: If this tap for any color mana, too powerful? <sighs> or does it, does it essentially like why wouldn't you run it? I think it's a ladder. I think I don't know if it's too powerful or not. Um, so this here, I, here's my counter argument, right? This is the Celestius, which is the better, which is the better painted across the board. Uh, Celestius, Celestius because right, the day yeah. and night mechanic, you get to pay a life draw a card, right? Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. So I agree. I, I agree with that, right? So my point is. I guess if this tap for a color, I think that it would make it even better in the decks that already are running it. Okay, right? Because okay. you're not gonna you, you can to your point, you can run the Celestis in any in any deck, right? And yeah. you're gonna get the value out of it. This one you have to have the creatures, and I've heard complaints previously that's like it should be the amount of damage dealt, and it's like whatever. I think that's probably broken. But yeah. In here, it's all like they're all like one ones, two twos, and three threes, right? Mm -hmm. So for me, it's like, all right, I'm gonna swing in with an army of five five unblockables. The next time I do this, that person's out of the game, right? And yeah, the, the last thing I love about this is this have to be the same person every time, right? Mm -hmm. You can spread the love, just get a taste, right? Oh, by the way, uh, get a taste is now in the nomenclature of my group here. So like, <laughs> all right, I'm gonna come in for a taste. Um, so yeah, I, I love this card. I think this is my favorite card in the deck, and I think this is like a great deck to utilize this. Yeah, no, I I agree. You're always in the red zone. I I, I would fight back at the. Uh, you have to remove the amount of counters to the, how much damage you take. Um, it's like, cause if you're going to have that kind of clause on there, then you need to have a way to convert the counters oh. into something like, 
uh, remove uh, two counters, gain a life, or yeah, yeah, something. Some, something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Agreed. All right. Well, I think we matched on this one because it has to level up. No, we're talking. What? Wow. Uh-uh. This one's really good though. It's got wow. the name. It's got, it's, oh, oh, wow! It's even got the name of the tribe in it too. Yeah, row class. Bonkers. This stupid. Uh, so it costs a uh, blue and a black to cast, and it's an enchantment class card, guys, for a buck forty. Now you get a static effect when you play this enchantment because we don't talk about class cards all that often. Sure. Um, and then you can level up at sorcery speed to add the additional ability. So as it enters the battlefield at level one, whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, exile the top card of that player's library face down. You may look at it for as long as it remains exiled. Awesome. Yes. I'm double milling you, quote unquote, now. Absolutely. Colorless, blue, black for level two. Creatures you control have menace. Well, that's going to make us get through even more. For level for the, three for the four creatures in the deck that don't have evasion yeah, yeah. uh two colorless blue black well you gotta be hey flying maybe evasion but with all those oh. dragons now coming oh god great point uh for two colorless blue black level three you may play cards exiled with rogue class and you may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to cast those spells so it does say play so you can't do lands and oh. it does say any mana so you cast whatever the hell you want. I see this as an actual win con in your deck because it is a playing everyone. It's very much like my Empress Galena deck. I'm using yes. your decks to uh, help with the win. I think the difference between my Empress Galena and this rogue deck is the theft is just added icing. I'm hitting you no matter what. Yeah, this is yeah. just extra, you know, loving for me versus my Empress Galena deck. I literally can't win the game without <laughs> without your deck. Your guys stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A true seventy one percent. I love it. Um, I I think most people would want. It's ironic, right? Like the second ability is so strong, but it's like the it's in my opinion, it's the worst ability on here for this deck, right? I don't think so. I think you're, the, you don't think so. You think it's still I think solid? Menace is fantastic because I see flying left and right all the Dragons, time. I don't breaks. Yeah, I yeah, don't think yeah. Thopters. I don't think flying oh, great, is yeah. really in Commander real evasion anymore. Um, it's only real evasion if you're in a play group that hasn't caught on to flying being good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like, and there's so many cards now that get printed with reach arbitrarily, and you're just sure. like, oh god, right? Like the Gilded Goose or whatever. Or I guess that's just flying, but yeah. No, I, I love Rogue Class. Uh, it's kind of a new Demir staple for me. Uh, probably not good enough. In, I don't know. Is this good enough for ninjas? Um, I mean, the menace is nice. Once again, you're trying to make sure they're unblocked. Right. So, hey, is this good enough for ninjas? Do I just need to get another copy of this? I mean, it's only a buck forty. So, worst case, you go slam it in one of your eight other Demir decks. How dare you? There's only three. All right. Well, what is your final game winner? Strixhaven Stadium doesn't do it fast enough. You have to wait over time to make someone forced to lose the game. Right? I want something that I can do immediately when it deals damage. Granted, oh my god! Has this deck ever gotten to seven, eight mana? I don't think so. But at some point it will. And that's where our old pal Vorporal Sword comes right in. One black for an artifact equipment should be like, well, mm, arguably could be legendary for a buck. Equipped creature gets plus two, plus zero, and has death touch. Good enough. Honestly, right? Anawan's a 2-2, two, two, a 2-4. Two, equip it to him. He's a 4-4 four, four blocker with death touch. Not bad. 
equipped double black, but most importantly, five colorless triple black. Until end of turn, Vulpral Sword gains whenever you whenever equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, that player loses the game. Let's go. I want to see, I want to slap this on a slither blade, turn one, people forget about it, or turn whatever, and people forget about it for years, because all I'm doing is like, just a taste, right? And then, boom, you're dead. Vorbal Sword's great! I love it! It's so good! I remember the first kill in our Kansas City group when, with Vorpal Sword. That was single Aaron, and none of us knew actually what happened. He's like, hey, I'm going to swing in with uh, this creature in Vulpal Sword. And we're like, okay. And he's like, I'm going to pay eight and you lose the game. And we're like, what? Wait, what? Wait, like, what? <laughs> that 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 happens? And he's like, yeah. And he just like slides it over. And of course, he's grinning like he does. Yeah, of course. And it's like, oh, I, I guess we do lose. Um, <laughs> it was in a four-person, two-headed giant game. And I want to say he knocked out, I think every team lost oh, to yeah. Vulpal Sword. I'm going to be saying that, right? Yeah, it's yep. bonkers. Like, and again, damage doesn't matter in this deck, right? Like, it all it's all about these creatures that are unblockable. So give me everything that I can do to make this happen. And Vorpal Sword yeah. is one of the best. Yeah, I, I don't like the eight to activate eight, it, though. Look, listen, like I said, this deck really gets state mana. But maybe a little thought of Adele. Maybe a lucky draw off of a couple unfulfilled desires. I don't know. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Well, the last one I wanted to talk about, it's it's a little boring, but I think it's good. Uh, Soaring Thought Thief. The best creature in the deck. <laughs> it uh, no costs a blue-black to cast. It's a 1-3 creature human rogue for a dime. Hey, this has flash. Learn yeah, something, other cards. Uh, it has flying. As long as, you're, as long as an opponent has eight or more cards in their graveyard, rogues you control get plus one, plus oh. That's awesome. A little half-anthem effect. Sure. I like it for the whenever one or... Now, it is one or more, so you're not going to get multiple. Rogues, you control attack. Each opponent mills two cards. I like things that are just going to happen, and this card is going to be impactful turn two through turn 15. Because, hey, I just need to come in with my one, three. Anawan's not even out. Everyone mill two. Oh, Anawan's now out. Mill two. And you're going to mill for the damage. I was stuck on three mana for, like, eight turns. Turn two, sorry, thought thief. Okay, okay. what about this? <laughs> Turn three, uh, sort of body and mind. Okay, can you equip it? No. Turn th- four, equipped. I held the table hostage for like six turns with two cards with with just a, with a a couple barrel, couple bullets and a barrel of gasoline. <laughs> As our good as our good pal the Joker would say, I'm so glad you see the value in this. I thought you were gonna yell at me about this one, but this card is bonkers. It's so strong. Now, okay, I, I will say this, guys. Uh, I am not in the camp that Tuck is, where it's bonkers and so strong. I think it is good. I I'm think it's stop, a good I'm card. Gonna stop, I'm gonna stop you right there. I feel like this card is good. Let's like let's not make a dinner out of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, that's going to wrap up the East Package. Now, let's head over to our limited spice cabinet. Um, turns out rogues like bland food. I'm going to talk about the spiciest one because you're not going to get any triggers off of your tokens because it's only cast. But damn it, are you going to get lots of copies because you don't have that many legends in the deck. We finally did it. There's, I knew this. <laughs> I know exactly what you're saying. I'm not matching you on this one, but I know this card's amazing. Well, we both know it's amazing. We just have never seen it work. Yes, true. <laughs> Reflections of Litajara. Yes. Uh, four colorless blue enchantment from Kaldheim, $1.75. When it ETBs, choose a creature type. And whenever you cast 
a spell of the chosen type, copy that spell. Now, I will say this. I do really like creature type. You got rogue tribal spells in here that will get copied. Oh, oh. So, so, so you like how we were, you know, getting any instant and sorcery out of someone's deck? How about we do it twice? Twice, yes. Uh, yes so I do, yes. I do like that because it doesn't say creature permanent. Wait, so I also get two cloak and daggers? Yes, you do. Wow, what a blowout! So yeah, this this guy's great. Um, I really like it. I reason I'm comfortable with it in the spice is because. I think Anawan's true form is a go-wide token deck with quote-unquote lords supporting and helping the rogues do mm, even more mm-hmm. with their combat. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see it as like a pure go-wide deck where it's just you're only swinging with tokens. But I yeah. do see this is where the lords are in there with them doing it. But you're going to have... You or you should four to eight tokens at a time, right? And so that just means you're not going to be getting a lot of these copy cast stuff. And Anawan, you're not going to get anything for that's a rogue you're going to be copy or casting a lot. Yeah, right. So I could see this whiffing fifty percent of the time, but man, if you can get it to actually work on the other fifty percent, it's really good. And especially, I think this card turns all those one or two drop rogues that kind of stink later in the game because they're just like a two-two flyer with unblockable yep. and some ability, right? So I think like that turn that weaponizes them way more than other cards in the deck. Uh, I this is another card I think I bought like four of, and I was really yeah, excited about too. it. And we have and we have I believe the two of us have cut them out of almost every deck I put them in. See also see also previous episode about Demir horrors. So for me like we're okay. So this would you call this in this build today? This is a slimy card, right? Yeah, it's slimy. Because there's, like, you could have no rogues in hand, right? You could just got blown out, and then it's a dead draw. Could be too late in the game, could be too early, and that sort of thing. But I do feel like this is the kind of build that will have that sort of big end payoff off of it. Yeah, I think the only deck that this still lives in is my Sliver deck. Oh, yeah, Slam Dunk. Yeah. Yeah, absolute Slam Dunk. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, that's going to wrap up the Spice Package. Wait, okay. It's easy. No, I. so this is one that I don't... I'm... I really... There's two in the spice that I are, and this one I want to hear your opinion on. So the other one that I want to talk about is Eloise Nephalia Sleuth. So three colorless, Demir in black for four, four legendary creature, human rogue. That's a mythic. See, I thought so. Whenever another creature you control dies, investigate, which means you create a clue. And then whenever you sacrifice a token, surveil one, look at the top card library. You may put that card into the graveyard. In this deck, a single blasphemous act or a single whip flare is going to take out all of my creatures, right? Sure. So my opinion, regardless of the second ability, I just like the idea that now all those creatures that are going to die to these low end board wipes or, you know, whatever, deal one damage to each creature. There's creatures that do that, right? Um, At least now I'm getting a payoff for them that I can then build up. And then even though it's going to be rare, the surveil will come into play in the spice. But Mr. Combo... What do you think about our old, our old, our old pal Louise? Uh, so I'll have a lot to say about her later, but Excellent. just riffing yeah. off of what Tuck talked about. I mean, I could see the appeal of like a mass board wipe. Obviously, we're in different play groups now. We actually talked about it last week when we were playing that we feel like board wipes are few and far between, and it's more targeted removal or oh, sure. bouncing yeah. is is more common. Um, so, do I believe you're really gonna 
get that much of a get whip. I, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get whip flared and then go home. And yeah, it, it, it's it's kind of like running Marin in a deck that doesn't care about graveyard recursion. It's like, well, oh. I mean, if a board wipe happens and she has some stuff, that would be nice. But and so it's yeah, like if you if yeah, you yeah. need this like conditional board wipe to happen to even have the card do anything in your deck, it's like whatever. Um, <laughs> that's a that's a that's a that's a very fair point, and I'm so, sure, and I'm and. I was really excited to cut this out of the zombie deck and put it in here, but the more I've like read and thought about it, I haven't seen it played, so who knows? Who knows? And now, guys, we will head over out of the spice package to the bottle capping. And as a reminder, these are going to be big texanized cuts from the deck and then ads that are going to be under five bucks, under 50, and then a no budget recommendation. We just can't talk about mana only lands. So, Tuck, you get to start this. What's the first card you're going to cut? And what's the first card you're going to add? I am going to cut Patriarch's Bidding. Oh, okay. Because I'm not smart. Uh, three colorless. This I this card was literally unplayable last time I played this deck. Three colorless black black sorcery. I'm going to re- I'm going to read you the way I thought this card was worded. You choose a creature type. Each player returns all creature cards of this type chosen this way from the graveyard to the battlefield. Uh, instead, this reads, each player chooses a creature type. Each player returns all creature cards of a type chosen this way from the graveyards to the battlefield. Yeah. Important distinction, especially when literally every person in the group runs almost only tribal decks. <laughs> yeah, this, I mean, that's why I thought it was a perfect spice, because it's like, well, this could backfire. I, 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 this card used to be like 10 bucks, so when it got bumped down to a dollar, I think I bought like five of them, and again... Same problem. So, anyways, I guess it's just stop buying these bulk. But oh my goodness, there is a fixed-ish version of this that I do like quite a bit. It's a mythic rare out of Kaldheim called Haunting Voyage. So, four colorless double black for a sorcery. Choose a creature type. You do return up to two target creature cards of that type from your graveyard to the battlefield. If this spell was foretold, return all creature cards of that type from your graveyard to the battlefield instead, and it has a foretold cost of five and double black. So you can pay for two, and then you pay for its foretold cost later in the game. For me, I like this as a tribal reanimator, right? You could probably do like Rise of the Dark Realms might be a little better, um, and that sort of thing, but I just like the fact that you can just play this. It's sitting out there. Most of my creatures are going to be dying to, like I said, the dreaded whip flare or whatever else. So just an idea of being able to have some sort of graveyard reanimation and the fact that we've already talked about like unfulfilled desires, uh, the surveil, perhaps I could be loading my graveyard up with these sort of things. It sits out here late game. I pay seven. I get to rebuy my whole my whole board. And by then I should be able to close it out. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, if this if is I accomplishing. If I didn't play in such a tribal heavy meta, Patriarch's Busy is incredible. But literally, every time I play, there's at least two people that are playing tribal, including myself. It's going to cost you nine mana to do this at the end of the day. But two mana up front, I don't know, like two mana up front. That doesn't matter. Then it should, you wouldn't bother with it. You would just save it to later and cast it for six. But then you, only get two even... then you only get two creatures. I don't know. I mean, I, I know. I think, <laughs> I think Fortel is cool because you can just throw it out there and it's just like you have no right. clue what it's going to be. You can almost ignore it. Um, so, I mean, it doesn't have a negative that way. Uh, I, don't, I just think this is a lot of mana to do. In effect, I would almost at this point would rather do uh, Rise of the Dark Realms. I guess, uh, I guess uh, to, your, to your point, Rise of the Dark Realms is the Fortel cost and the other, the yeah. other one. 
So, all right, fine, I'm, putting, I'm, I'm putting it. All right, scratch that. We're putting it in Rise of the Dark Realms. Y'all can suck it. But isn't that and over actually, five, and actually, Isn't that over actually, five bucks? Point, I, the Abyss Proxy Shop copy that I'm going to be buying sure is. Oh my god, this is this is over five dollars. It can't be it, guys. You have heard Big Tuck Haunting Voyage <laughs> is his terrible, terrible pick, and he has to run this card for all of eternity, and he will own this like I own murder. <laughs> All right, uh, my under five, I'm cutting Eloise. Uh, the, sure. the bigger thing is you don't have a controlled sack outlet. So the second effect right. does nothing. And the first effect does nothing unless a board wipe happens. Because once again, you're not in a sacrifice deck. Right. So sure. Eloise makes no sense where you are not controlling uh, those effects. I was just so excited, but yeah, I'm fine with it. All right. Anawan reads whenever they deal combat damage. Well... Double strike seems like a cool, sexy mechanic, but not a lot of double strike in Demir. Um, you got your fire shriekers of the world, sure. but that's a little boring. What if we do Gavel of the Righteous in here? I think this is a great card. You're a mid to late game deck. Two colorless artifact equipment from New Capenna. Oh, yes. At the beginning of combat on your turn, put a charge counter on Gavel of the Righteous. Equipped creature gets plus one, plus one for each counter on Gavel of the Righteous. As long as Gavel of the Righteous has four or more counters, equipped creature has double strike. Here's the other thing I like about it, though. The equip cost. You can either pay three colorless, right, or just remove a counter from Gavel of the Righteous. To me, that's pretty amazing. And this seems like a card. You drop it down, turn two, and up, oh, counter. Counter, oh, counter. They're dealing with other stuff. There's probably other things they need to focus on. Yeah. And then you, I mean, Gavel of the Righteous, even with doing it on uh, Anawan. I mean, now you're hitting someone right. for six command damage and milling right. six cards. And I, lo- I, I do like this a lot for the extra damage, right? Um, I think that's more important. And to your point, I'd rather have this than a Fire Shrieker that's just more vanilla because milling what. The critical mass of milling, milling six cards over one is to me a big difference when it's just when we're just talking about damage, right? Sure. So that's why I like this too. It sits there and like what's worse, like, okay, I play this whisper, uh, I play this sort of body of mind and vorpal sword. What's gonna what like this doesn't even come close to no. the target, right? Not even not it's not even on the radar. But see, people aren't going to think about the double strike piece. They're just going to be like, oh, God, six from Anawan. Can I deal yes. with that? It's actually 12. And that's mm-hmm. 12 cards that you're milling. So that's the thing I like about it. And I yeah. like the equip cost. Like, you could always do your big tuck thing. Like, hey, well, what if I remove a couple counters, get rid of the double strike? You, you don't target I'm gonna bo- it. I'm going to bounce it around. I'll, I'll move it around. Creatures. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Here for it. And it's what, uh, 48 cents? Yeah, that'll work. So. That'll that'll play. <laughs> <laughs> that, that'll do. That'll do. All right, Tuck, under 50, a little bit bigger budget. I was so upset because I don't like this card. And it just happens to be a rogue in the same way that Whole Breacher happened to be a pirate. But I put an opposition agent in here, and in my playgroup that I play now, this is a dead card. Really? No one one plays tutors. No one plays fetch lands. Everyone's budget base is terrible. Like, their mana base is is trash. And, like, literally, I had that. I think this is the first time I played this in here, and I was like, yes, opposition agent. Nothing. It was a 3-2 with flash. That's it. Now, granted, in other playgroups, like if, if I was playing in Kansas City, this would be the card I'm tutoring for to get as fast as I possibly can to stop someone else from going off. But my current playgroup, which is how I'm evaluating my decks, this is a this is the deadest card in the deck. 
That's insanity. Is that wild? That is wild. Uh, I mean, it's, it's just dead. even the, like, they aren't Kadamas reaching or cultivating or rampant growth. There's not a lot of green pl- being played. And a lot of it's more creatures. Yeah. So, okay. Side Sidebar. Last night, the games we played, I played, someone played mono red creatures, uh, ninjas, and uh, Demir horrors. The second game, someone played dogs and cats, mono red creatures, sagas. And then the third game, someone played mono red cats again. It's, it's just all tribal. It's just all creatures, all tribal. No one does like tribute mage or trinket no, mage. Nothing, nothing. Wow. There's no blue. There's very little green. If it is, green's like the, the tertiary color of blades. So. Oh my God. It sounds like you're just in a Mardu group. That sounds it's terrible. It's awesome. It's just it's, violence all I the love time. It. That's why I like. I, I played my new Jun deck and just like one on like turn six to a gazillion damage. So anyways, that's the kind of play we're in. So this is the boring one. Uh, I feel if you're playing this deck, you have to play Maddening Cacophony. It's, oh, it's yep. so much value. Colorless and a green for a sorcery with kicker three and a colorless. Each opponent mills eight cards. If the spell is kicked, each opponent, uh, instead, each opponent mills half their library rounded up. I'm Even though I don't have a ton of the mill payoff cards, mm-hmm. this is such a big thing, right? And then... To your point, when you have a hundred cards in your deck and you get milled for six from creatures, you're like, I don't know, whatever, right? Yeah. When you have 40 cards in your deck and you get milled for six, you're like, that's close to a fourth of my deck, right? It mm-hmm. stacks so quick. And I'm not playing a lot. Of, I'm not playing any of the other sort of like self mill, Jace the Mind Sculptor or Jace whatever, that sort of thing. Um, that's not the goal. But I feel like this for five mana it just does so much work. This Six is how I've. I this is this is how I lost the games to Squee. Really, he always seemed to get this with the Sir Conrad in your yeast package, oh, and it was sure, just like, yeah. okay, we lose. It, yeah, it, honestly, that's why it never felt like a rogue deck. It just felt like a mill deck, and rogues kind of helped staple with to it. it. Yeah, sure, yeah. definitely. All right, yeah, I'm here for it. All right, I'm gonna cut a card that hopefully you're okay with. It's in your yeast package, and I it's so stupid. I don't doesn't know it's stupid. Obelisk of Erd, cutting that crap. <sighs> Man, this six is... colorless artifact for two sixty seven. I'm I'm gonna do why you have it in here last. So as it enters the battlefield, choose a creature type. You choose rogues. Creatures of the chosen type get plus two plus two. The reason Tuck has it in here in yeast is for convoke, and you could probably play it for free. Your creatures can help uh, cast a spell. Each creature you tap while casting the spell pays for a colorless or one mana of that creature's color. Okay, Tuck, uh, would you rather tap six creatures <laughs> to get this, or would you rather hit someone with six hit creatures? For, hit for six okay, and, and thank draw you. four. Yeah, I, it was right, it's right on the cusp for me, right? Like, uh, man, like, I'm, I'm okay cutting it. I'm glad to hear some things. I think, so... I, this is a really good card in my Sphinx mono blue deck because a 4-4 flying Sphinx, 4-4-4 four, four, four Sphinxes are not near as scary turn over turn as 4-6-6 six, six flying Sphinxes. Sure. Right? But I think when we're going from 1-1s one, to 3-3s, th- three that's not as big a jump as I want it to be, right? Well, okay. I mean, unfortunately, that argument doesn't hold weight because... 
in the Sphinx argument, you're only increasing their power by 50%. By half, yeah. In the Rogue deck, you are tripling your power with the plus two, plus two. So the and, you're going to have more one ones than you are Sphinxes. Sure. So that's where that argument doesn't work well. The reason I go against it is you are not trying, and you already talked about how you have mana woes. Like, are you ever going to see eight mana for Vorpal Sword? Are you really trying to tap your entire board to to play a double Anthem effect? to 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 time lock myself when I have an anthem effect in the command zone right yes yeah okay yeah i'm, I'm here i this was on the list this is on the also rans for me to cut so i'm 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 down for it all right modern staple for six bucks ley line of the void oh. oh the void two colorless black black enchantment m20 is the most recent copy sure. if it's in your opening hand you can play with it on the battlefield for free um or if a card or when it's on the field uh, if a card would be put into an opponent's graveyard from anywhere exile it instead I think the biggest risk you're going to have is your, especially in your meta, probably monster mash type of effects. It might not yeah, be sure. an Eldrazi, but it could be a Vigor, or it could be some of the cheaper ones sure, that yeah. you can't really do the mill. It's not going to work advantageously for you. So I think this is a card kind of like Leyline of Anticipation. If you want to play at flash speed, have it in the deck. And then if you have it in your opening hand, cool even better if not whatever and i think this card is the same way because you're not going to be upset drawing this on turn 15 or turn one yeah i agree and i think like i've always struggled with like how much do i want to put in this deck of dealing with opponents graveyards and i think i'd rather just be like that's it's it's a sunk cost for everyone right like if it's in your graveyard i can't use it either and i don't care because i'm just trying to get even more stuff into your graveyard and out of it you know what i mean but think of your and you know your playgroup better but in our play group, the graveyard has turned into a second hand. A second hand, yeah. So it's like 50, it's, 50 uh, So, but still, that's fifty percent of the people at the table. You might be accelerating their deck, and right. there's only one person that's getting slowed down. So you do want to get rid of those graveyards, yeah. Um. So I, I and especially for six dollars, I thought this card was a lot more expensive. Yeah, me too. I, I wasn't. I wasn't the same. But I thought this was like fifteen. But I guess it's got printed enough. So yeah. All right, buddy. No budget. What are you All doing? Right. This is where we're going to get weird, okay? Okay. I have very, I have like no sweepers in this deck, which is fine. And I'm going to cut the one good one as well. Oh, I'm going to be cutting the bad one as well. I think you say good, I say bad. Well, there's two. There, I looked it up. I think there's two. And I feel like Necromantic Selection, Manic selection is, is should a, is be a ba- cut. That's the bad one. Okay. That's the bad one. That's the bad one. Okay. So for those playing the home game, it's seven mana to do a board wipe and then return a creature card put into a graveyard this way to the battlefield under your control. If it's it's a black zombie and then exile this card. So I don't, I feel like if I'm playing this, it's because I'm getting out, I'm getting out, go whited, right? And the reason, this the deck, reason, yes. The reason why the reason why I would play a board wipe in this deck is only because someone is playing green tokens, it's green plus plus whatever tokens, and I can't sure. keep up because I don't have that much removal, right? But then the downside of this is like, what am I going to get back? A token generator? Who sh- who gives a shit for seven mana? Like I I don't the, think this card doesn't like sit well with me for a sweeper any way you cut it, right? In this deck, no. Um, here's the difference though. I, I like this card a lot, but I run it in like my Joda deck where a bunch of my shit's indestructible anyways. Like, right. I don't care. And I'm taking your best creatures best or creature I'm getting my out, yeah. commander back from the graveyard. Your deck, it's like you can get your commander back, but he doesn't do jack without a bunch of rogues. Yes. So there's literally nothing in your deck that I would say, Tuck, 
you know what? If you got that card back, that would be pretty great. That'd be great. You don't have any of it. So, okay. I crunched some numbers. And even with cutting opposition, opposition agent and Eloise, we still are sitting at 31 creatures. Okay. okay. All right. I got ways to mill myself. Okay. I have cards to put things in my graveyard. And we all know I like the alternate win cons. So let's get wild. Hey, uh, I was hanging out at the bar last night and Scorpion, Sub-Zero, and Kano <laughs> came up and talked to me. And they made mention of some sort of tournament that they're in on some island called Mortal Kombat. Oh, my God. Two colors in a black, black enchantment. Hear me out. At the beginning of your upkeep, if 20 or more creature cards are in your graveyard, you win the game. Six mana. It's a long shot. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not debating that this is, this is a – I'm not debating that this is a slam dunk. This is a spice card. This is like spice spice. This is like three cards removed from a spice card, right? But between board wipes, between potentially milling myself with Court of Cunning, with potentially uh, specifically discarding creatures from Unfulfilled Desires, there's there's a chance. There's a chance this is going to work out. And for me, a chance is goofy enough in this deck to be able to slot this in. I know you I hate like this. It. I, I knew I knew, I knew immediately you weren't going to like it. But well, the reason do I don't the reason I don't like it though, Tuck, is because this is the kind of card you need to be focused on throughout the game. It's it's your deck. You aren't going to just accidentally have twenty creatures <laughs> I'm in your graveyard. Accidentally mill myself for a hundred. Yeah, it's because like it's some of that stuff's going to be like, uh, do I really like? Even going through your deck, you don't have that much graveyard anything's. I so don't. Why are you ever going to be targeting yourself to mill? Unless we'd use the example from earlier, where I got a lot of lands, or maybe you do your stupid pay a life, pay a mana, you start discarding a bunch of your creatures. Like, but do you think you're going to have twenty mana that you can go through all of that on the other player's turn? I doubt it, because you don't even think you can get to eight I, for I, the Vorpal Sword. I, I doubt it. I understand it's insane, right? But I'm a sane person, and I thought I'd bring it in. And say, I I was trying to find another you win the game card, and this is the one that this is the only one that made sense. So I I'm only fire. okay with it if you get the uh, torment copy, and then oh, instead of the C, you like Sharpie in a K. Sharpie in the K. I thought you were gonna say if you just replace the two guys' faces with mine and yours, the two muscle. Oh, that's beautiful. Giants. Yeah. Oh yeah. There <laughs> that's we good, go. Right. I mean, because that's pretty much what we look like IRL, right? People don't know behind the microphone, but we are yeah, also. I mean, we, we're, we're so shredded, you can count the muscles on top of our rib bones. Okay. I went boring for this last one, That's but I, I, you need to hear me. I, I did the necromatic selection as well. Yeah. You need ways to win the game without having to deal damage. Potentially, you, people in your playgroup could have the propagandas and ghostly prisons. Oh, and you got to sure. do this and you got to do that. And for you to actually get through, it just takes too many resources. What's the one thing that you can always do? Also, a Squee McGee special. You can always sit hey. tight. And what's the best sitting tight god out there? Good old Phanex, god of deception. Oh, okay. So I think three colorless, blue, black, legendary enchantment creature, god, mythic. It's a 4-7. You can get one for about $7 from the list. It's indestructible. Devotion, I have one in blue. my binder. As a of fact, there you so. go. Uh, as long as your devotion, aka the pips, uh, to blue and black is less than seven, it's not a creature. 
I think you'll actually have pips because like we talked about, I think you're going to have like half right. tokens, half like non-token creatures. So I think he'll actually be a four seven that can do stuff. Creatures you control have tap target player puts the top X of his or her library into his or her graveyard where X is this creature's toughness. So the thing I really, really like about this is uh, Anawan does do an anthem. So sure. the butts are getting bigger. So that's more mill. This is going to mill the same amount of cards as Anawan's ability does. The only thing you are not getting to do is the one damage for, uh, or you're not getting the damage with the mill going together. Right. So it's like, okay, you put that to the side. You don't get to draw the card because they aren't milling cards this way. So really what you're losing is super, super small. But what you are gaining is now, Tuck, when you're at a point in the game where, like, even if you could attack, and it's like, if I swing out, I'm going to die on the clapback. Right. I cannot live. Phanex, I'll just sit here and I'll block, and hey, this guy's going to die. I'll go ahead and tap it and mill you for a bit. And then it's like, okay, end of person's turn. We're all good. I'll mill the remaining six creatures I have. I'll mill you for 18. And because you wouldn't let me attack people. Right. And like and most interesting too, the weird part is a lot of these rogues are like two threes, one twos. That's oh, yeah. thing as well, right? So like that mm-hmm. that sucks up on top of one. I'm here for it, uh, especially over Necromax Lection. Uh I yeah, I like it a lot. Like you can you can hang back, make some bad trades and that sort of thing. And then the best part is is you say, okay, I don't care if you swing out on me. I'm just going to block and mill you. And then on my upkeep, I'm going to win from Mortal Kombat because you killed 10 of my creatures on, sure. <laughs> on the clap. Yep. Yeah, so I think this guy is going to do a lot for you. I do like it, yeah. But before we move on, guys, I have a bonus section because Big Tuck failed hard at this deck. Uh, buddy, my favorite card, Alter the Brood. You're making tons of tokens. You're milling. Why is that not in here? Mind Crank. That's I only have disgusting. Jason Memory one Adept. Why is that not in here? Ashiok Dream Renderer. The War Planeswalker. <laughs> what the hell? Minus oh, target exile, player mill four. Yeah, everyone exiles their too. graveyards. I only have so many copies of these cards, <laughs> and they're already in other Demir decks. <laughs> And we're at the end of the episode, uh, guys. And if you enjoyed it, you know, please leave us some positive Stop feedback and make sure you subscribe next. wherever we're at. Um, and if you'd like to get a hold of us, here's how you can do that. You can get a hold of me at Mr. Combat number five on Twitter. I'll spell that except for the five. Uh, Big Tuck, I think we're done with the birthday bits. We are. Um, but unfortunately, we are moving from the opposite of the... I'm at Big Tuck Brewing on uh, the tweeters. I'm going to be posting a lot on Twitter at uh, Magic Fest Richmond. Whoa, wait, so wait. Did, did you change your Twitter handle? At Big Tuck Tweeting? You just said uh, Big Tuck Brewing. Oh, that's the alcohol talking. Um, <laughs> so, but I do have some sad news. Uh, I've gone from birthdays to deaths. Oh, Ray Liotta just died. Oh, really? Yeah. Like today, I th- it was it was either today or or yesterday in the evening. Sixty seven. Wow, that is that, sucks. Is that wild? Yeah, He's an I know. Amazing actor. Yeah, he was great. Uh, and by and by all uh, accounts, you know, I a lot of times you're like, oh, I'm so sad that that person died, but you don't know if he was like a he could have been a serial murderer. Yeah. You don't know. But by all accounts, he would. People have said that he's like the biggest dickhead on screen but in real life he's like the nicest guy in the planet oh like take take the shirt off his back for you like <laughs> really great to work with um so yeah that, that was a bummer to hear so that's my new thing 
much more. I went from enter the battlefield to morbid triggers. Jesus. Oof. Yeah. We, we, you know, we're just do getting we need, you guys all uh, happy to... and talking about decks. And now we're just going to send you out on do a we, sad do we note. Need, do we need to cut that last bit? <laughs> Uh, you guys can reach our main account at CMD Tower on Twitter as well. Uh, we will have the uh, deck list posted and the article at cmdtower.com slash BNBE140. Basically type in Cloak and Dagger Morphic Pool Distant Melody Tower com. Now we do have a great patron community, patreon.com slash CMD Tower. Um, you do get access into our full Discord, even though we do have free access into uh, certain parts of our Discord that our mods have opened up. Uh, but we do have lots of tiers on there from a dollar, five, fifteen, twenty-five. Some of them you guys get free swag, but all of them, the money goes to helping improve the channel and get better gear, new software packages, and stuff that we can use to make your experience better. We do have a great referral program, so if you're already a part of the community and get someone to join, just have them message us on Patreon, letting us know which legacy collective member referred them, and we'll be sure to hook you up with some free swag. Now, we do have a store, cmdtower.com slash merch, sell coins, uh, reminder tokens, um, play mats, sweaters, you name it, it's on there. Definitely go check it out. Uh, anything you guys could do to uh, free up redacted bits would be appreciated. <laughs> And then lastly, we would uh, not end the episode without talking about our most recent in the last few months uh, kind of, you know, partnership with abyssproxyshop.com. If you guys use code CMD Tower, all one word, uh, you'll get 10% off your order. It's stackable with other discounts. Uh, you guys have been increasing month over month the activity over there we really really appreciate it uh we got our biggest uh contribution this month which immediately is going to go into our twitch uh side to see about trying to simultaneous simultaneously live cast uh what we do on twitch to youtube facebook maybe even the bruise and builds recordings you guys can watch those live uh it does actually go back to improving so thank you very much big tuck anawans rogues gallery I don't know. I mean, I I feel like our cuts were good, but I don't feel like we got a lot of flavor. And I don't know. It, can you put flavor in this? I don't think so. And that's like one of the reasons why I said like I like I have a lot of I have a lot of weird decks that are complicated and make my brain hurt. Uh, I also had to play a Traxa Infect last night. Didn't even cast a card with Infect and still was like the most powerful person. I had a Traxa with Double Strike. Um. So. Uh, I don't, that's, that's like the, that's part of the problem, right? Where it's like when, in some of these tribals that are a little more linear, like rogues, you kind of, you know that you have to have 30 slots of the deck just for creatures, right? Yeah. Like, especially when they're so small and so easily killed. And then you need at least another like 10 or 15 payoff slots for those creatures. Mm -hmm. So I mean, that's over half of the cards including lands that you already have in the deck. So the, I, I will agree that is one of the downsides of these pre-cons, which I, I think a lot of people forget Anawan was, is that they're they're so linear in their build. But I think I think there is a little... It's less of like creativity going in and more of like cutting the fat, right? Like don't need to get so cute. Don't need to like need to have other ways to win the game and that sort of thing. So even though it wasn't a cut, even though it wasn't like a blowout, cuts episode i still think it was fun to like talk through and and hear your opinion on the cards that i put in here again shocked that i thought so i thought you were going to give me so much grift for soaring thought thief i knew as soon as i put that in the east section you're going to come after me for it so i'm glad you saw me on that <laughs>
Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I was as I was doing my notes, you know, I was just trying to think about, like, how could you spice this up? And really, the spiciest thing I could come up with is the uh, blue enchantment that you make everything a particular creature oh. type. Is like yeah, you maybe just... you start trying to do like cutesy where like you actually have no rogues in the deck. Like Anawan's the only rogue, and the whole goal is to like get these other great. Yeah. It's like it's like uh the best of Demir week, but then you make everything into a right, rogue. Right, right. Um, these are the, the whole... these are the colors to do it in too. So yeah, and uh, it would be kind of like you know I was working on that Alter the Brood tribal deck where the only way I could win is through Alter the Brood. <laughs> so I need ways to recur artifacts from the graveyard if people blow them up or try to pull it from exile. So it's like, is that like insanely sweaty and just way too much right. work? Probably. Um, so I'll. I, I'll be interested to see how this deck evolves over the years. I think as we get more interesting rogues printed, right. maybe that becomes, maybe the milling just becomes secondary. Like, I'm just actually a rogue combat deck, and yeah. the mill is just cool, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and again, like, our playgroup, like, the playgroup now, even the creative decks are like Orzov Angels or mm. Cat and Dogs. <laughs> like, it's all, it's all just yeah. combat. So it's nice to be able to compete into that, I suppose. Well, guys, I hope everyone had a great Memorial Day weekend last weekend, and we'll see if me and Tuck survive ours. Bye. We'll see. I can't believe we've been doing this for almost three years now, and we have not changed our intro or outro music.